0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. On News Talk.
1: Now I've been saying it is uh, a month I think possibly slightly less than a month now until Budget Day and one of the major issues that's going to be looked at in the budget is the cost of childcare We're joined on the line by the Minister for Children Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth Roger Gorman Minister, thank you very much for speaking to us this lunchtime Um, We'll get to the the childcare uh, situation in the budget in just a moment but because you are also the Minister responsible for the the management of the Ukraine refugee situation um, first of all you might just bring us up to speed on the number of Ukrainian refugees who have landed in the country up till now
0: Good morning, Gavin. Um, Yeah, we have 45,000 Ukrainian displaced persons uh, have arrived in the country now since the conflict broke out there in uh, February. And of those, my department are providing accommodation for 35,000 of them. Uh, At the same time, we're also providing accommodation for those coming to Ireland seeking international protection. Uh, So we're accommodating about 15,000 people in the international protection process. So that's uh, my department providing accommodation for 50,000. 50,000 people in Mm. total right now. And I suppose when you compare it with this time last year, providing accommodation for 7,500 people, it gives a sense of the, I suppose, the the scale of the humanitarian crisis that that Ireland and and many other European countries are are facing right now. Yeah,
1: well, I suppose what it illustrates is that the numbers of people who are coming from from outside Ukraine who are through the direct provision system has basically doubled. And and we might come back to that in a couple of minutes' time, but 35,000 people availing of uh, accommodation through your department who have come from Ukraine. Um, Put simply, do you have... 35,000 beds and moreover when the colleges come back and they're going to need to start evacuating their premises or their student res pretty much right now uh, then will you have 35,000 beds for them?
0: That process of uh, moving Ukrainian uh, displaced persons out of uh, college accommodation is taking place right now uh, over the course of the summer, we've had about five thousand people accommodated in uh, in colleges and, and, and universities, and that's been a huge help, particularly during June and July, where we saw an, an increase in the number of Ukrainians arriving following the the, the 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 actions the Russian army had taken in terms of targeting civilian targets uh, uh, across Ukraine. Um, we've moved about two thousand people out of. Uh, campus accommodation over the last number of weeks and we'll be continuing to do that into uh, into September. Um, we've had a significant increase in the number of people living in pledged accommodation. We now have uh, 3,700 people living in pledged accommodation. So right now uh, that's about 10% of, of all Ukrainians that have been accommodated by my department is in pledged accommodation uh, and and that's been really important particularly in the last few weeks as you know, we, we continue to see Ukrainians arrive in to the country and we had the um, the, the, the task of moving uh, moving people out mm. of, of student accommodation. Well,
1: as you say, so if there are 3,000 people more still to be removed from student accommodation, who will have to vacate those, I presume, in the next week or two to allow for, for term time to start and for people to, to take up those, those places as students. And you have more coming in in the meantime. Do you have enough beds at your disposal for those people in the short term?
0: Well, look. We continue to work to make sure that we do have the, the accommodation to provide um, shelter and safety to all to all Ukrainians. Uh, o- over the course of this week, uh, we will be working with local authorities. We'll be uh, standing up some emergency rest centres to assist with the with, with, with the move outs. Um, but uh, as I said, as as of this weekend, we've been able to provide. Uh, uh, this this weekend was a significant one. Uh, we had about fifteen hundred move outs from. From uh, university accommodation this weekend and we have been able to provide uh, accommodation for everybody uh, through the work of, of the officials of my own department, local authorities and, and other government departments and agencies working together to to, to make sure we, we can provide accommodation for everyone.
1: When you say rest centres being rolled out by local authorities, what do you mean by that? Put some flesh in the bone for that for us.
0: Well that could, uh, a, a community hall or, or or Scout, then maybe that has uh, camp beds in it, that has showers, that has has facilities. Um, it's basic, uh, and, and I've always been been clear throughout this Gavin that um, basic is what we're offering. Uh, the the scale of this is huge. It, it's a, it's a humanitarian crisis, the like of which Ireland has never had to face. Uh, 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 and, and, you know, our, our offering to, to, to Ukrainians is basic sometimes, but I think it is important to say we, we provide that shelter, we provide that safety to all Ukrainians who, who come here seeking it. Is
1: it not only basic, though, but also open ended? In other words, if someone ends up at one of these rest centres, is that where they are likely then to see out, you know, indefinitely the remainder of their time in Ireland? Or do you still hope that they could be relocated somewhere a little more homely?
0: We will try and do that, um, and that 's why we, we continue to work through the pledged uh, accommodation. Uh, we continue to engage with with, with, with hotels and, and other suitable accommodation sources to get longer term uh, longer term contracts uh, to give people that that, that greater degree of, of stability um, we 've had to move people a number of times, particularly people who are in um, uh, student accommodation and, and look that 's far from ideal um, but again, again you know I always said you know this part of the the summer was going to be a pinch point for us it is a pinch point but I also feel we are managing it and we are ensuring that everyone uh, has accommodation each night.
1: Yeah, it's, it's particularly disruptive moving out of student accommodation for some people because if they're there with small children part of their planning across the summer might have been well, they might have presumed they would be in this district or this area uh, for the medium term and they might have said about trying to enrol their kids in a local school and try to build a bit of a support network and often those people then who have built a community with other Ukrainians staying in the same student residence are very naturally very reluctant or very loath to give it up because it basically means that you are once again tearing out a social circle that they tried hard to build in the most uh, depressing of circumstances
0: I, I acknowledge that um, I think it is important to say that there are thousands of Ukrainians in the country who are in the same accommodation that they they, they were moved into when when they first arrived. Um, but for the cohort who were in the uh, the, the, the student accommodation, I do recognise this move is a, is a further jolt for them and, and their families. Where we can, we try and move groups together to new locations so uh, they can continue to benefit from from that uh, kind of social infrastructure that you that you spoke about there.
1: Um, a couple of weeks ago we, in our newspaper review, we were talking about some of the processes of accommodating uh, Ukrainian refugees and we were immediately flooded with, with texts. I'm sure they're probably even coming in right now to 53106 uh, from people who either themselves had pledged accommodation through the Red Cross or who family members had and who basically found the whole thing to be really inexplicably slow. Some people who had gotten an acknowledgement of their application and literally never even followed up again and plenty of people who were saying, that there would still be the resources out there and there are still people who, you know, despite the other accommodation pressures and despite the fact they could maybe rent it out on the private market for much more money, who are prepared to offer accommodation but they're simply not being followed up again or at least not in a timely way.
0: The process was slow, absolutely. Um, you know, the Red Cross um, has a pledge process in place, and it would have dealt with a couple of hundred applications every year in terms of the, the response to the their, their call for for accommodation uh, during the Syrian crisis. As you know, we received thousands of offers in, in, in the context of a number of weeks in in, in March and April, uh, and the system wasn't designed to respond to, 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 to that at scale. Uh, we've worked very closely with the Red Cross, with other implementation partners, uh, the International Organization for, for Migration, Father Peter Maxwell. The peter mcferry trust and with local authorities and that's why we now have uh 3700 uh ukrainians living in pledged accommodation uh, and and I, my department were in contact with with colleagues in scotland recently who, who've also uh, adopted a pledge process date about 1300 maybe a, a, at the same time so i think we are seeing the pledge process deliver now and in terms of the uh, accommodation, um, I suppose, the accommodation obligation on my department, as I say, over 10% of Ukrainians are now uh, accommodated in, in pledged accommodation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hugely, a hugely important support for my department. But
1: 3,700 is obviously a significant number and it's great to have that. And, and it's testament to the generosity of those property owners that they're prepared to, to accommodate those people. But I thought in the early days we were talking about uh, close to 20,000 properties being pledged. Why is there only 3,700 in
0: numbers? We always recognise that the um, initial, let's say, round of pledges would would kind of narrow down in terms of how many could actually be taken up. Uh, I, I think a, a substantial number of people withdrew when they understood that the Nature, the nature of the, um, the commitment would be a, a, a longer term one that it wouldn't just be a couple of weeks as it became clearer that the war in Ukraine was going to be one, one that was going on for, for, for months. A, num- a significant number of people withdrew. Obviously, when people pledge, we ask that they, they make that commitment for, uh, for six months. Um, other people, when we looked at the, the accommodation being offered, it wasn't suitable for, for families moving in. So, you know, when the uh, Red Cross did a, a pledge, for uh, for Syria, a number of years ago, mm. they found about ten percent of the uh, offered accommodation w- was actually taken up in the end, and it's it kind of in that range that that, that we're working on at okay. the
1: moment. So you just have to work on on the, the presumption that the vast majority of cases will either just be inappropriate or they just they won't materialise because people realise how long a commitment they're making.
0: Yeah, we, as I said, we, we expected that there would be a, a significant reduction down from the the the, the initial range of uh, of offers.
1: I will ask you about um, childcare issues in just a minute, but just one other issue that we touched upon earlier on was about the, the numbers uh, that you're accommodating who aren't from Ukraine, doubled from seven and a half to 15,000 inside the last uh, 12 months or so. Um, I think the stat remains true that about uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of the people in City West, which was intended to be for Ukrainians only, are now there and they're not from Ukraine. Um, you're not going to be able to abolish direct provision by 2024 the way that you'd intended at the start of your term, are you?
0: The target of of, of ending direct provision uh, by the end of 2024 is, you know, it's under real pressure. Uh, in the context of my department's need to respond to the, 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 the arrival of, of uh, 45,000 Ukrainians and the increase in the number of people uh, arriving in Ireland seeking international protection. We're working on um, a review of the white paper right now, looking at what elements we can ensure are, are implemented, because the white paper, while I suppose the, the focus uh, for many people is on the issue of accommodation, Uh, What was equally important in the white paper were integration supports um, uh, to to ensure that people in Ireland are integrated into communities, that they're not just left at at the edge, as was the the, the case previously. So we're working hard on, on bringing forward those integration supports. We'll be supporting local authorities now with new integration officers who can work to support both Uh, international protection applicants, but also uh, Ukrainian displaced persons as well. Can
1: you do all of that at a scale that you'd still be able to meet your original target of, of having direct provision ended before the term of this government?
0: Well, we're undertaking that piece of work right now in terms of what parts of the, the, the white paper can be fully implemented by the end of this government. But I absolutely recognise that the um, landscape here has been entirely changed by the, uh, the, 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 the arrival of, of, of 45,000 Ukrainians uh, following the war.
1: So it's not going to happen in this term and we all recognise that.
0: Well, look, as I say, I, I'm, I'm working hard with my uh, officials to to bring forward that review of the white paper so we can see what elements can be implemented by the end of the government term.
1: OK. On childcare, you've made it very clear that your desire is to have the childcare fees paid by most parents uh, inside the next two budgets. Um, do you have all of government approval on that and, and therefore would you be able to make good inroads on that in the budget in a month's time?
0: Well, I, I, as you say, the, the, the goal that, that I've set out and, and the Green Party are working to is that over the course of the next two budgets, that we'll have the, the average cost of, of, of childcare for parents. Uh, in, in last year's budget, my focus was on sustainability for, for providers. And ensuring that childcare professionals uh, get better rates of pay and we're looking to deliver that now through the through the core funding package of two hundred and twenty one million that, that I negotiated in last mm. year's budget. Just to through year,
1: not you, not to get too bogged down into the bureaucracy, but what what's the delay in that? Because the, that funding still hasn't been been given out to providers, has it?
0: The core funding is linked to an employment regulation order. This is a, 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 a statute that basically set, sets out clear rates of pay, entry rates, and progression rates of pay for childcare professionals. That's, that uh, that Those rates have been nego- negotiated over the summer between employers and unions. It has to be signed off now by the labour court, and we're hoping to see that happen in the next number of weeks. Okay. So there's a slight delay in that, but you know it was a it was a delicate process, and it was right that was given the time. But as soon as that is signed off, uh, the, the 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 core funding will flow hmm. towards uh, towards providers. It's, it's tricky just, for just, it's, Gavin, it's, to, it's, to, sorry. Go to, ahead. To yeah. back to your to your to your first question. There, there is strong support across all free government parties for measures to improve affordability for parents. Everyone recognizes childcare was already too expensive for parents and now with the, the, the cost of living pressures it's a particular it's a particular pressure for a lot of families around the country so all three parties are are in agreement on this uh, and I and my, my officials are engaging with, with, with Minister McGrath now in terms of being able to advance a significant part of that goal of a, of a 50% cut over two budgets being able to advance a significant part of that in this year's budget.
1: Will what you're offering, would it, would it- it only apply to people who have children in registered childcare providers in organised creches or is there any support that the government can offer for people who avail of other services like a child minder or leaving a child with a relative or having an au pair or a live-in nanny of any sort?
0: This year, the key focus in terms of the NCS will be on uh, childcare uh, child provided in, 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 in centres. Um, I'm very aware a lot of parents rely on child minders uh, last year, I brought forward a child minding action plan, which is designed to uh, bring more child, cares, child, child minders within the regulatory process to ensure that they uh, have an appropriate level of regulation but also to ensure that parents who are uh, using those childminders will also be able to use the national childcare scheme, the subsidy that, that makes childcare cheaper for parents. So we're currently, again, working with the Department of Public Expenditure to bring forward some elements of the National Childcare Scheme, so child minders and, and parents who use child can benefit fr- from uh, the NCS subsidies uh, earlier. I'm not sure if we'll be able to achieve that in this year's budget, but I'm very cognizant of of the, the need to support uh, child care wherever it's provided, be it in centres or be it provided by child minders. But just maybe, maybe not
1: necessarily in this budget, but I, I suppose that there's a finite amount, which brings us to the other question I had, which was that given there are so many competing demands for a relatively finite amount of money that the government has in next month's budget for cost of living measures. It strikes me that it would cost a fair amount of money to try and knock off a good 25% or so of parents' childcare fees. You're talking about having to cover every child by about 250 euro a month or maybe more, which is a significant multiple of where they are already. Do you actually have the money available to do that?
0: I, I think investment in uh, in, in childcare is one that all government parties recognise is incredibly valuable, uh, and it's one that will really benefit parents and, and you know young families who are struggling right now in terms of the the wider inflationary pressures across the economy. So this goal of cutting the cost for childcare was one the government set out at, at the start of our term of office. But it's a particularly appropriate goal now in, in the context of, of the high level of inflation. So it, it is going to be a significant investment. But I think it's one that all three parties recognise as being really valuable for for, for parents and, and, and ultimately for children.
1: Uh, before I let you go, was Robert Troy correct to offer his resignation as Minister
0: of State this week? He was um, and uh, I I think he recognized that the focus on that issue over successive weeks was going to distract the government from those key focuses that we've been talking about earlier, uh, earlier in this interview, um, bringing forward the budget, addressing the cost of living, uh, pressures that, that, that families are facing. So I think it was the right decision to make.
1: If it was correct of him to resign, then wasn't it by extension incorrect of Micheál Martin and Leo Varadkar to continue to offer support?
0: I think both the, the, the Taoiseach and the Taoiseach had wanted to, to, to offer Minister or, uh, Robert Troy the opportunity to come before the Doll and, and you know at the end of the day uh, TDs and ministers in particular are accountable to the Doll and where an issue comes up with a, with a minister uh, the, the format is that you go to the Doll you, you give a statement, you, you answer questions, you attend before an Oireachtas committee and when an issue arises in, in, in August when the Doll is isn't sitting obviously that's uh, level of accountability isn't there and um, so it, 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 in this particular situation I, th- I think they felt it was appropriate that the Minister Troy go to the dole gi- give the statement but I, I think Robert recognised himself that uh, in the intervening weeks there would be so much focus on this issue that that would distract from the work we're, we're advancing in terms of the budget
1: OK uh, you've been very generous with your time this lunchtime we'll leave it there Minister Roger Gorman Minister for Children Disability Integration Equality and Youth thank you very much for joining
0: us on the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PWC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. It all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.